You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer and John Kegley. Back on today's show, the Chargers encyclopedia down to break this game down with us. The Jets game where the Chargers narrowly escape with a victory. But this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. And this week, you got to watch that Pepsi down with the future Pepsi rookie of the week, Justin Herbert, giving it to the Jets. But Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, it's Victory Monday for the first time in a long time, a victory that didn't really feel like a total victory, but the Chargers escaped embarrassment. But let me first just start by welcoming any new listeners to the show. We really appreciate you guys checking it out. Happy that you get to do it on a day the Chargers actually pulled off an ugly win instead of an ugly loss. And a special thank you to all of our loyal listeners as well. But today, we're going to start with the Chargers, you know, barely hanging on to their win and talk about a couple of standout performances by rookie quarterback Justin Herbert continuing to put his name in the record books. And we'll also talk about Keenan Allen's historic day as well i mean keenan allen just absolutely went off too and then in the second segment we'll be getting into a recap of the first half the chargers starting off disastrously and then getting hot offensively and then we'll wrap up the show with the second half where it looked like the chargers were trying to give another game away late but let's go ahead and get into it the los angeles Chargers escaped embarrassment on sunday against the new york jets keeping them winless behind big days from justin herbert and keenan allen this is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. The Chargers ended up winning 34-28 against the New York Jets on Sunday, improving to 3-7 on the season and keeping the Jets with no wins to their record at this point of the year. But the Chargers didn't necessarily doing it, do it in the convincing fashion that you would have hoped from them. This was a game where the Chargers had a chance to really get back on track and they still ended up starting slow and finishing a little bit slow as well even though they did end up getting the job done down the stretch but David I mean even that final quarter was pretty hectic the Chargers were playing pretty good for the middle part of the game but a slow start and then a bad ending makes it kind of hard for the Chargers to feel really good about this win. Yeah, absolutely, Daniel. I think anytime you allow your opponents to score three times on three consecutive drives in the second half, it's not going to make you feel good about your performance, especially against a team that, yeah, is highly motivated and coming off of a bye week because they don't have a win on their record. And they came out and, and they made some plays, but this game should not have been that close. The Chargers had numerous opportunities to put this game away, but allowed the Jets to stay in it in typical 2020 Chargers fashion. The Jets are in position to potentially come back and tie this football game. They come within eight points and then 
up against it at the end of the game, the Chargers had a tough decision to make, and they made a good one. They told Ty Long to take the ball and run around in the end zone, killing seven seconds of an eight-second clock and did not really give the Jets an opportunity to do really anything. They kick off the ball, they make the tackle, and they mercifully escape this game with the win over the 0-9 Jets. Yeah, it was a little bit crazy towards the end of the game. The Chargers had an offensive possession where they could have put the game away right there. Instead, they end up in a 4th and 14, and instead of trying to punt the ball after they already had a punt blocked in the game, they do that and run out almost the rest of the clock and end up winning the game. But like I said, unconvincing fashion. A lot of defensive penalties, a lot of balls going over the head of Chargers defenders. And we once again saw almost another second half collapse from this team. But there were a couple of guys who it's hard to look past the performances that they put out there on Sunday. And that is rookie quarterback Justin Herbert, who keeps putting his name in the record book seemingly every week. And he had another really good game in this one. He ends up going for 366 yards. He gets three touchdowns with no interceptions. And then Keenan Allen absolutely goes off as well for 16 catches on 19 targets, 145 yards and a touchdown. And David, not only were these players great for this day, but legitimately put up historic performances. They absolutely did. They absolutely did, Daniel. Justin Herbert continues to break records and continues to etch his name firmly in the record books and in the annals of NFL history. In this game, Justin Herbert became the first rookie quarterback in NFL history with two-plus passing touchdowns and seven consecutive starts. Justin Herbert continues to get it done game in and game out. He goes out there and continuously puts his team in positions to win football games and also another incredible feat by Justin Herbert is that he has five games of 300 plus passing yards which is a Chargers franchise rookie record and he did that in only nine games he and Keenan Allen have some phenomenal chemistry and it manifested itself in a career day for Keenan Allen he had 16 catches 145 yards and a touchdown and those 16 receptions broke the all-time Chargers receptions record, that is pretty incredible. I mean, it just shows the rhythm and the the chemistry that he and Justin Herbert manifested in this game. It was a beautiful performance. And also, Keenan Allen scored another touchdown. He had six touchdowns on the year, and he's only two behind his career best of eight touchdowns, which he uh, accumulated in his rookie season, and he has six games to go. So he could very well eclipse that eight-touchdown number here in the next few games, Daniel. A career day for Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. Yeah, and to have 10 catches and 108 yards just in the first half alone, I mean, putting his name next to guys like Julio Jones and Antonio Brown as far as the most receptions in their first 100 games, and he's only at 96. I mean, he's creeping up on a lot of records as well. But, I mean, them put together, Justin Herbert has been absolutely phenomenal all season long, and he's now on pace for... 4,498 yards and also 37 passing touchdowns, both which would be records for NFL rookies. So you can't really ask much more. I think we expected this even as a rookie against this bad Jets defense. I think we just wish they would have finished the game offensively as well. And to that note, I do also want to send a shout out to Tavon Campbell in this game. On fourth and five, he was targeted on a deep pass. They don't end up calling a pass interference, and the Chargers end up getting the ball back and leading to a win. So props to Tavon Campbell, who is filling in in this game for Casey Hayward and uh, some other players for the Chargers who were injured. But the Chargers end up ending their three-game losing streak and will hope to continue this momentum towards the end of the season and start figuring out who's going to be coming back next season. 
But we do have to get into the next two segments, getting into our game recap. So we'll talk about the first half for the Chargers, starting slow but ending in dominant fashion before wrapping up the show in the last segment, talking about the Chargers, you know, almost giving up another game. And we're going to get into that right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the one way I've been getting most of my exercise, especially since this pandemic has started, is with my echelon fitness bike and i absolutely love it you have to be careful how hard you go because the instructor instructors will push you so hard that you might not be able to walk at work a couple of days later but when it comes to getting in shape nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself and echelon can get you there echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes fitness mirrors rowing machines and their all-new echelon stride smart treadmill no matter what your favorite fitness activity Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. The world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. And right now, you guys can go to echelonfit.com NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. And right now you guys can try any echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. This episode is also brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the league of football watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. And like I said, You get to watch it with the king of all things Pepsi, and that is Justin Herbert, who's probably going to win that award again this week for rookies. But Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into this game recap. At least we get to talk about and relive a game that the Chargers actually decided to pull off. And I think all of us had vibes of the Chargers in the Cleveland Browns game of 2016 creeping into our brains. But at the end of the day, the Chargers finished the game in unconvincing fashion. But they couldn't have started off any worse in this one, especially the way that they screwed up the beginning of this game is really what was bothersome by the Chargers because on the first drive, they end up setting themselves up in some pretty bad situations. They get into two third and very long down in distances. And what it leads to is the Chargers having to punt. And John, for the second consecutive week, the Chargers have a punt blocked and then it turns into a touchdown where the other team just runs it right through you and gets into the end zone. So the Chargers are down 6 nothing at the very beginning of the game. Joe Flacco didn't even have to throw the ball. And the Chargers, in back-to-back weeks, not only have a punt blocked, but the first punt of the game both weeks. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous how bad their special teams have been. It is. And it's like you've seen all the Chargers getting themselves in bad third-down situations the Chargers' inability to actually move the ball to start the game. I mean, how often do we see opening drive touchdowns with this team? And then you go to punt the ball, and it's blocked, so horrible special teams, and then you get you they just run down your throat, basically. Frank Gore and Michael P. Ryan run down your throat and score a touchdown with how bad our run defense has been all year. You saw all the weaknesses show up early. It was like they were trying to get it out of their systems real quick before the game could continue going on. It did certainly seem that way, and when... Frank Gore at his age is just, you know, bursting through for a 14-yard gain on the first play of the Jets' day when you know they're going to try to run it at you. I mean, 
you know you have some issues there. And the Chargers would get some offensive rhythm going on the next drive. They have a nice drive converting three third downs. And then Keenan Allen ends up fumbling it on the one-yard line. I thought the Chargers were over this fumbling at the one-yard line thing. This time, his body is still off the ground because he lands on a defender long enough for the ball to come out trying to get into the end zone. Really the only blemish on a pretty good day for Keenan Allen, and that's an understatement. But the Chargers, going up against a really bad team, not only spot them six points, but instead of getting points, end up turning the ball over on their four-yard line, which is absolutely brutal. He fumbles it on the one. But, David, we didn't have to sit there and ponder it for too long because the guy I talked about in the news segment, Tavon Campbell, showed up, jumped a little out route by Joe Flacco, and gets an easy pick six. And just like that, the Chargers had stolen back the momentum. And after having about the worst start to a game that we've seen from the Chargers this season, or at least up there, just like that, they're back on the board and they take a 7-6 to six lead because the big play by a guy we didn't even expect to be a big factor this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tavon Campbell getting an opportunity because, you know, the Chargers are still kind of banked up in the secondary. He reads Joe Flacco, makes a great play on the ball, and he just walks into the end zone for probably the easiest pick six of his career. But a great play by him. The Chargers last week saw several interceptions go through players' hands. The Chargers have an opportunity for one, and Tavon Campbell capitalizes and takes it into the end zone. A great play by him, and yes, I mean, after the Chargers start in disastrous fashion once again and make you feel like, oh my God, we're going to lose to the Jets. The Chargers do something great. The defense scores, and hey, we haven't seen that a lot. The Chargers do it, and it definitely helps spring the momentum back into your favor. Yeah, and you almost feel for the defense a little bit of the Chargers because that's six points. It was only six points they gave up in the first half, and they kept it going on the next drive for the Jets. The Jets go three plays negative five yards and have to punt, but it was set up by the Chargers getting run stops on first and second down that set up a third and long that led to a false start, and from there it unraveled for them. And then they're able to keep going and you know really cushion their lead on the next drive because Mike Williams ends up catching a ball over the middle, doing the rest himself with a 39-yard run and catch. And I mean... That was a lot of yak on that one from Mike Williams, something we're not used to seeing from him. But the Chargers, after going you know, only 28 yards for their longest play last week, end up getting a big play this time from Mike Williams. Not in necessarily the fashion that you're used to seeing, which is just throw it up and hope that he outjumps somebody. And then after that, the defense feeds off of John. They end up forcing another three and out, three plays, eight yards, and a punt for the Jets. And the Chargers capitalize again. They go for a big play on first down. It's a 54-yard bomb to Tyron Johnson. I love that they took the shot there. I love that after we saw some balls, you know, just out of the fingertips of some players, Justin Herbert puts an absolutely perfect deep ball right into the hands of Tyron Johnson, who had a defender pretty close to him. And then Hunter Henry ends up sitting down in his own in the end zone. And Justin Herbert has a strong enough arm to just fit the needle in there. But the Chargers were building on that momentum. They got the pick six, and you didn't see them rest on their laurels. The next two drives, they go down, and they get a touchdown on each drive to make it 21-6. to six. You actually saw momentum being built for once with the Chargers. You didn't yep. see this run up the middle, run up the middle, and then let's just punt it even though we just got some turnovers or we just got some big plays on defense. You actually saw someone going for the attack, going for the kill, and like the, the Tyrone Johnson play. They had a cover. They had a cover two blitz coming, and what did you do? You sent it deep. You saw the mismatch of a linebacker on Tyron Johnson going deep, yep. 
and you attack the middle of the cover two with that deep pass money throw by Herbert too with how great that linebacker was covering kind of amazing that he kept stride with him but still (laughs) but still that was a money throw great catch and you went for the attack you went for the kill we've mentioned that all last week you got to go for the deep shot go for it on first down and they finally do it and you've actually targeted Hunter Henry a lot too you actually got your tight end involved in this game instead of trying to constantly go to the running backs or just only go to Keenan Allen only yeah and and Keenan Allen had plenty but I think we, we saw big plays from Hunter Henry we saw big plays from Mike Williams. I mean, there was a lot of guys stepping up. And in this case, it was T. Billy, Tyron Johnson. And then the Chargers had a chance after a five-play, 36-yard drive and a punt by the Jets where they got a 26-yard catch over Kenneth Murray to a tight end. Chargers get the ball back. And then on third and two, Kalen Blage drops a pass from Justin Herbert. It was a low pass. Still got to come up with it. It would have been an easy first down. And they really miss a chance there to you know put the foot on the throat of the Jets and just keep pouring it on but the Jets do have to end up punting on their next drive they go seven plays 19 yards and the Chargers get the ball back have a chance to score a touchdown and then it all is set up by a 37 yard defensive pass interference call them interfering with Keenan Allen that gave them a chance to get a touchdown there David they it ends up fizzling out Herbert ends up getting sacked on third and 10 the Chargers tack on three but now They were forced with an opportunity where they were like, okay, we've had a bunch of big leads. This time it's 18 points at halftime. But the one thing you saw was they got behind early. They didn't let it get to them. They fought back and really ended up dominating the first half. Yeah, they absolutely did. I mean, the the Chargers offense, after that tumultuous start with the the punt block, I mean, they really kicked it into gear. And you really saw some great rhythm and and some great – you know, connections there with Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and just, you know, Her- Herbert getting everybody involved. I mean, he had 277 passing yards at halftime, which is pretty ridiculous. I mean, he, he was getting everybody involved. I mean, the big plays of Tyrone Johnson, Mike Williams, I mean, everybody was getting involved, and that's the way you want to see your offense. I mean, the Chargers were rolling. They had a lot of momentum. They were looking really good, but we've seen that too many times before this year. Yeah, and somehow you're up against the worst team in the league up 18 at halftime, and you still know the Chargers probably aren't going to win this game easily. And we're going to get into that because the Jets would come out and score three consecutive touchdowns in the second half and really make this game. Anthony Lynn and the Chargers offense had a couple of chances to put the game away, and they didn't. And we're going to get into those questionable play calls and the biggest plays going down the stretch coming up right after this but first I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet and I'm talking about Built Bar which comes in 18 amazing flavors Camel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate, Peanut Butter I mean whatever you like they're going to have a flavor for you and when you're talking about a protein bar it doesn't matter how healthy it is if it doesn't taste great I'm not going to eat it and for Built Bars they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew and they taste fantastic but Built Bar is made for a healthy diet. Whether you're a health conscious guy and you're trying to lose or maintain weight, you can do that while indulging in a delicious treat. And right now, you guys can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into the second half where the Chargers started to let up a little bit, especially defensively, where In the first half, you really didn't give up anything defensively. I mean, they got six points after they only had to go 29 yards because of a blocked punt. 
but we saw we saw it start to unravel, and I think it would have been huge for this team to come out of halftime and keep that dominance going, but they didn't. The Jets come out after halftime, and they go seven plays, 74 yards, and get a touchdown, and this is the part that kills me about that drive specifically, John, which is on third and 13, before the big play that ends up ruining the drive for the Chargers, you have a third and 13 situation. The Chargers only rush three, and they get no pressure, and they give up an easy first down to Jamison Crowder. On the next play, it comes back to bite them in the ass because Casey Hayward gets burnt by Brashad Perriman for a 49-yard touchdown. And once again, teams have targeting Casey Hayward deep. Once again, it's paying off for those teams. Casey Hayward gives up his fifth or sixth touchdown of the season. And once again, it's him getting beat over the top. And I mean, it just sucks because the Chargers had all this momentum really going for them. Casey Hayward shouldn't even have been in that situation because the Chargers should get off the field on third and 13. But you open the door for them a little bit. And just like that, they make you pay for it with a big touchdown. But Casey Hayward, I mean, it continues. I feel the quote, if it ain't broke, don't fix it applies here. You were getting pressure on the QB all game, and you went away from it when you needed it the most. It was third and long. That's when you put the pressure on and make the QB have to make a really good throw while standing in the pocket to convert, and instead you back off and you let him find all the time in the world to complete a first down. And then the next play, yeah, Casey Hayward man, is getting targeted. After this, he got targeted even more, even though one of them was just a freakishly good throw and catch i don't know how he got in on the next drive but denzel mims yeah they target him a lot after this play once once it happened it's like what i've been saying once one team finds that play that works they keep going to it and this was it they found the deep ball in casey hayward after that the jets just kept going deep constantly and you kept seeing success whether it was because of a catch or a defensive pi it was that play that works against the chargers and we had no answer for it I don't get how Casey Hayward is still getting beat deep, even though we've said it's happening every week. Maybe move him to slot, whatever. We know it's happening, yet he still is not fixing it. Well, and the Chargers refuse to give him any help in that direction, right? I mean, they're sticking to their ways. They're sticking to the defense that they think got them there. But the fact that you're letting him get beat that badly when you know it's been an issue, anything underneath, he's been fine. He doesn't give up a lot of passes generally. It's just those deep passes, but it wasn't only Casey Hayward either in the second half. The Jets realized, hey, if we just lob it up somewhere, good things happen for us every single time. And that is what happened for them in the second half that really made things click. But the Chargers offense, to their credit, do answer back after that. We thought they could potentially go really conservative and not end up getting any points, but they end up getting a nice 17-yard run from Kalen Balaj on the drive, really one of the only nice runs of the entire day and then a great play by Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen but on th- on third and goal for the Chargers Justin Herbert ends up rolling out to his left the wrong side if you're a right-handed quarterback he ends up buying time outside of the pocket and throws the ball when Keenan Allen's not even open has a defender draped all over him but knows Keenan Allen is going to a spot he puts an absolute rocket Right into his chest. I mean, Keenan Allen was just cradling it like a baby afterwards because, I mean, he tucked that ball in for that touchdown. You can't put it any better than that. Like, me and John always talking about you're not even supposed to make those throws. And, like, going the wrong way, he just fits in a dime. I mean, even the play before that, Hunter Henry, it looked like Justin Herbert just totally overthrew him, but he saw Hunter Henry was about to break free a little bit, and he was trying to throw it to a spot there. 
It actually wasn't as far away as it looked, but that was great to see. Keenan Allen continues his big day, gets a touchdown, but more importantly, the Chargers add on to their lead. They don't get complacent, and they go up 31-13, to but the Jets kept on coming, and the problem with this drive, David, three penalties on this drive lead to a Jets touchdown to keep them in the game, two consecutive touchdowns to open up the half for them, but it's the way it happened once again. I mean, Casey Hayward got beat multiple times. One of the times it was just an overthrow and it ended up being nothing. One of the times he made a legal contact, he got beat, and then it ends up being an automatic first down on third down, giving them another first down. And then there was two more defensive pass interference plays. One of them's on Michael Davis for an easy first down for the Jets on third down. The other is Denzel Perryman, who interferes. I had an issue with myself in the officiating of that play because it's first and goal from the five-yard line. He's within five yards of the line of scrimmage, but they said the ball was in the air. He gets a defensive pass interference, but to see that drive, David, I mean, Michael Davis gets beat. Casey Hayward gets beat. The Chargers giving up, I mean, three different opportunities there on third down to get off the field. They can't do it, and they're just giving them penalties, and once again, it was the Jets just throwing the ball up in the air and hoping something good happens. Yeah, I mean it's been hard to watch the you know what's been happening with Casey Hayward just because he's been so good for the Chargers for so many consecutive years now and he's really starting to get picked on quite a bit and it's just so unfortunate. I mean, this guy's been so good for the team and you know that he's been seen as a liability and hopefully he can make some changes. I mean, he's getting up in there in age so you don't know. But that's the worst part is that the Chargers defense in the first half was playing really good, sound, disciplined football. In the second half, they were hurting themselves with stupid penalties, and they were also playing soft, not playing aggressive, and that's what happened. You allowed the Jets to feel like they could get back into the football game. Yeah, and they I mean they stayed in it till the very end, and the Chargers needing another answer end up going sixteen plays, seventy yards. They run off a lot of quant, but at the end of it, they only are able to get a field goal out of it to make it 34-19. to 19. And this one hurts, John. And I, I bet you probably feel similarly to me on this one. The Chargers end up making a good throw on third down and eight early in the drive to Mike Williams to get the drive going. And Herbert scrambled for a couple of first downs. But the Chargers have a decision here. You can either go up by 15 instead of 12. If you're up by 12, the Jets can get two touchdowns and beat you. If they go up to 15, they can they can still beat you with two extra or two two-point conversions with 16 points, but you it's only a two-score game if you kick the field goal. You make them have to score two touchdowns, but a, a touchdown and a field goal are already not going to beat you at 12 points on fourth and one. They decide not to go for it, and I know you were going absolutely crazy over that call with the Chargers not going for the jugular. Yeah, it's unacceptable. You basically had a fourth and one at the oh, five. and the timeout too. I forgot. At the five, and if you don't convert it, you have them backed up. You should not be giving up big plays to a crappy team to begin with. So having them backed up is already in your favor. You should have gone for the kill shot. This is why the Chargers have not been winning games this year. This is why the Chargers are not closing games this year. Is because they play really conservative. They play not to lose. Any good coach would have went for it right there on fourth and one from the five-yard line. You go for the touchdown or even try to pick up a first down. If you, how hard is it to pick up one yard? You, but you should have gone for the touchdown, made a three-possession game. You could have really just destroyed this team. 
And instead, you kick the field goal and the Jets are still in it because now it's a two-possession game and you've given up a few deep passes and penalties already the previous drives. What makes you think the Jets aren't going to feel like they can do it again? 100%. I mean, it was just absolutely brutal for me just because I just don't think it's sound football. I think if you have a chance to go up by three scores there, you just go for it because guess what? You're putting the game in the hand of your unit that's more successful, which is undoubtedly your offense. You trust just I would rather have the Chargers put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands, you know, down by tw- or up by 12 than just decide to go up by 15 and leave it up to the defense. The Chargers don't do it there. They play not to lose the game, and once again, it comes back to bite them at least in the sense that they gave a chance to the Jets to get back in this game. The Jets go 9 plays, 75 yards and score a touchdown to make it 8 points going towards the end of the game on 4th and 5. Denzel Mims beats Tavon Campbell for 25 yards, but this was the other call I had a huge challenge with, David, because Campbell actually, I mean, had decent coverage on it, but Denzel Mims was bobbling that ball as he went out of bounds. It's 4th and 5. The Jets end up running up to the line of scrimmage and getting a playoff, so you don't even get a chance to challenge it, but Anthony Lynn still had a little bit of time. He could have easily challenged that. The game's on the line. You're up in the game. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, I mean, why not just throw the flag? I mean, throw the challenge flag regardless. I mean, that that was a very close play. I know he said in this press conference that they didn't have time to look at it, but what do you have to lose? I mean, throw the damn flag, the challenge flag in that situation. He definitely did not have possession of that football through the catch point. He was juggling juggling the ball, just like you said. I don't feel like he had possession inbounds. I definitely feel like that would have been overturned. It was a missed opportunity for the Chargers, one they, they definitely should not have missed. I mean, there was enough time for the booth and the uh, TV broadcast to play it five times. I mean, before they ended up getting that next playoff, I mean, I saw five different replays. I could have buzzed down to Anthony Lynn and told him to challenge that play. But it's ridiculous. You have people that are paid just to do that, to be there for those kind of plays. And instead, you don't do it. And then what happens after is Michael Davis gets beat on a 19-yard gain by Denzel Mims. Joey Bosa on the same play gets a rough in the passer call to give them an additional 15 yards. And then Herndon ends up catching a six-yard touchdown. And that was just absolutely brutal but the worst part of it is you had the chance to just totally seal the game right there for Anthony Wynn you decide not to challenge it but the Chargers offense had a chance to really put the game away with three minutes and 56 seconds left on the clock on first down they were aggressive they threw the ball but my problem is they didn't ever throw a pass that was past the first down marker they run a little play action pass to Keenan Allen for one yard they end up doing a another pass to Keenan Allen about like a seven-yard out. Maybe it was a hook, something along those lines. They can't connect on it. It's good coverage. And then they try to run a screen for Keenan Allen for negative one yard. So I like the fact that you didn't just run it up the middle three times, but if you're going to throw it, at least give your quarterback a chance to throw the ball past the sticks and try to pick up a very valuable third down. And then the Chargers punt the ball. They go max protect max protect because they've already had a punt blocked. And then what do they do? They give up a 16-yard return. But it's not only that. They can't even protect on this play either. They end up getting a holding call. If I were the Jets, I would have made the Chargers re-kick that one, to be honest. But it ends up as a net gain of only 30 yards. So that's not good from the special teams once again. Joe Flacco and the Jets had plenty of time in all of their timeouts to go down the field and tie the game with a touchdown and the two-point conversion. Their drive ends up going six plays. 22 yards and then Joe Flacco is sacked for an 11 yard loss but 
Joey Bosa is called for a roughing the passer call. Even though Joe Flacco still had the ball in his hands, he ended up hitting him low. So instead of the game being basically over, the Chargers get a another penalty to give up another first down by Joey Bosa. And then the Chargers end up getting a stop, but it was only because Joe Flacco ends up throwing up lobs on second, third, and fourth down. So I guess credit to the Chargers defense for no obvious penalties. I thought for sure on fourth down they were going to throw a flag on Tavon Campbell. There was a lot of hand fighting going back and forth between the receiver and him, but it's something we've seen them call, and against the Chargers especially, he didn't fully get his head around. He ended up making contact with the ball. But either way, Tavon Campbell, the unsung hero of this game, a pick six on the last play of the game, he's targeted in place of Casey Hayward, and he ends up knocking it down. And then, John, I know you were a fan of the special teams play at the end of the day. Obviously, the Chargers have been terrible on special teams. I was sweating thinking about the fact that they were going to have to try to get a punt off with eight seconds left to just ensure that they could have victory, not give up a return touchdown, not get the punt blocked, but they decided to go a little bit unconventional, unconventional, and I, li- I know you like that. Yes, I loved it. I didn't even think they had it in them. The whole time I was like, there's no way they're going to do something as smart as this. So They're probably going to have Herbert do it, or they're just going to try and punt with a bunch of blockers. But surprisingly, they get, did the simple little safety trick where you just grab the punter, run backwards into the end zone, or just stand around, let the clock run. And until someone pushes you out of bounds, the clock keeps running, and they got them all the way down to one second. All you do is give up two points, and then you have a lot easier of a kick afterward because you can't block a kickoff or a free kick. So it's a, it's a smart deal. I think the last time I've seen the Chargers do this was in 06 when they played the Ravens and they did it, but the Ravens ended up getting the game when he touched on the drive. But you gave your defense a better chance in that game. This one, you gave your special teams the better chance in this game because you couldn't give up a blocked punt afterward. The blocked punt was the worst thing ever. Maybe a little bit of shake and bake there by Ty Long. Shake that extra second off at the end, but he was standing so scared in the back of that end zone and waited for someone to come push him out. But the Chargers end up covering uh, their free kick, basically, and then they don't even try to lateral it. The Jets don't. Braxton Berrios gets taken down, and the Chargers end up holding on. And they escape the ultimate embarrassment of losing to a winless team like the Jets. It's unacceptable. Instead, they just have an uninspiring performance, but they get away with the win, and I think it is going to do a lot for these players, being able to get a play on defense to win the game, to be able to not be the special teams that lets you down at the end of the game, but one that ends up making a pretty good play. But either way, the Chargers go to 3-7, and seven, and this is the easiest game left on their schedule, so they still have a lot to work out if they want to win any of these other tough games they have coming up. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. It's going to be a little bit different of a week because Thursday is Thanksgiving. We should have a show coming out on Thanksgiving Day that will record Wednesday night, but there will be no Friday show this week because of Thanksgiving. But we'll make sure we get you guys our game predictions and keys for success. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, but until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page at LockedOnChargers. Also, make sure to subscribe to us if you don't already. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or give us a follow on Spotify. That's always the easiest and fastest way to get the show. And if you rate it and reviewed, we really appreciate it. We're going to try to get to some voicemails this week, but if you don't know, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. So we'll make sure to do that for you guys this week if we can. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to get into what went right and what went wrong for this game. We'll actually have some right things to talk about this week. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.